Mark 7, 30-8-21. After leaving the region of Tyre, Jesus went through the Sidon toward the Galilean Sea through the region of the ten cities. Some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly speak, and they begged him to place his hands on the man for healing. Jesus took him away from the crowd by himself. He put his fingers in the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Looking up into heaven, Jesus sighed deeply and said, Epethaphatha, which means open up. At once his ears opened up, his twisted tongue was released, and he began to speak clearly. Jesus gave the people strict orders not to tell anyone, but the more he tried to silence them, the more eagerly they shared the, the, shared the news. People were overcome with wonder, saying, He does everything well. He can even make the deaf to hear, and he gives speech to those who can't speak. In those days, there was another large crowd with nothing to eat. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for the crowd, because they have been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they won't have enough strength for, to travel, for some have come a long distance. His disciples responded, How can anyone get enough food in this wilderness to satisfy these people? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? They said, Seven loaves. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. He took the seven loaves, gave thanks, broke them apart, and gave them to his disciples to distribute, and they gave the bread to the crowd. They also had a few fish. He said a blessing over them, and then he gave the disciples to hand out also. They ate until they were full. They collected seven baskets full of leftovers. This was a crowd of about 4,000 people. Jesus sent them away, then got into a boat, and his disciples went over to the region of Dalmahatha. The, the Pharisees showed up and began to argue with Jesus. To test him, they asked for a sign from heaven. With an impatient sigh, Jesus said, Why does this generation look for a sign? I assure you that no sign will be given to it. Leaving them, he got back in the boat and crossed to the other side of the lake. Jesus' disciples had forgotten to bring any bread, so they had only one loaf with them. He gave them strict orders, watch out and be on your guard, for the yeast of the Pharisees as well as the yeast of Herod. The disciples discussed this among themselves, and he said, He said this because we have no bread. Jesus knew that what they were discussing and said, Why are you talking about the fact that you don't have any bread? Don't you grasp what has happened? Don't you understand? Are your hearts so resistant to what God is doing? Don't you have eyes? Why can't you see? Don't you have ears? Why can't you hear? Don't you remember? When I broke five loaves of bread for those 5,000 people, how many baskets of leftovers did you gather? They answered 12. And when I broke seven loaves of bread for the 4,000 people, how many baskets of leftover did you gather? They answered seven. Jesus said, and you still don't understand. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it looks like our time virtually has been extended. And in this Easter tide, we must search for small joys, the many reminders of the resurrection. In the valley of the shadow of death, I will remember that the resurrection to come. Spring keeps peeking through and reminds us of the summer to come. And hopefully we can spend some time outside soon with a reminder of summer. Hopefully during this time of quarantine, you're finding ways to keep sane and, well, feel like you're still human. I hope that you've been able to find some community wherever you may find yourself. We pick up the scriptures again in Mark and 
Boy, do we have a fun one this week. I was originally trying to figure out the best way to title, to say my title for this sermon. I had originally titled it, I wonder if Jesus ever felt like he was surrounded by dum-dums. But Candace said that was too harsh and suggested that I use fools instead. She said, we were all fools. And I responded, well, we're also kind of dum-dums too. Regarding, regardless, my point stands. I do wonder if Jesus ever struggled with the people around him, not really understanding what he was trying to say. Today we have something similar to the Marcane sandwiches we ran into earlier in our study. Our first part of the scripture lesson gives us a framework of understanding of the following stories. And the framework that we'll be using today is, well, a tried and true framework that we have been using throughout this human Bible study of Mark. <clears throat> we start today with another healing in probably the most peculiar way. Jesus, once again, is walking near the Galilean Sea, and some people bring up a man for him to requesting for the man to be healed. This man is deaf, and he was speaking problem, and Jesus heals the man by, well, giving him a wet willy, and then spitting on his hand and grabbing the man's tongue. I do not remind, <clears throat> I do not recommend doing this to your friends, families, or strangers, especially in the time of coronavirus. Or, you can remember this for the next time someone asks you, what would Jesus do? And you can just simply give them a wet willy, spit on your hand, and grab their tongue. Back to being serious, Jesus heals the man by commanding the man's tongue and ears to be opened up, and instantly the man is able to hear and speak clearly. He is able to understand, and now that he has been healed, we are clued in again about how well the messianic secret is going, which is not well at all. People who have been healed by Christ are speaking up about it and letting everyone know. They shout back, uh, this is a shout back to one of the prophecies that have been proclaimed over Christ before. The deaf are beginning to hear. The blind are having their sight restored. The lame are walking. It seems that Jesus' actions have now gone before him in such a way that people are beginning to connect the dots and are bestowing upon him the proclamations that were meant for the Messiah. The people around Christ are beginning to believe. The people of Israel are beginning to believe. I do think that there's something important for us to hear here. When we have these small resurrections, these small joys, especially in the times that we find ourselves in right now, we must find places to share them. Joy is meant to be shared. It's meant to be contagious. Joy, much like the kingdom of God, is multiplied in community. And just as with the kingdom of God, we can invite others into our joy. We are not meant to keep these things in secret, but rather proclaim the small resurrections that we have found. Back to the scriptures, we find the disciples in another situation similar to last week. They are bemoaning the fact that so many had gathered and they do not have the resources to feed them. And once again, Jesus has asked them to feed them. Jesus asked the disciples to feed the people gathered, and once again, they do not have the resources to do it. Doesn't this sound familiar? Well, Jesus once again asked them, what do they have? And they find themselves having small seven loaves of bread and some small fish. Don't worry, no song this week. I know you'll miss my soft dulcet tones. But yes, Jesus once again blesses the bread, breaks it, and gives it to the disciples to portion out to the people who had gathered. He does the same once again with the fish. Everyone gathered around 4,000, ate until they were full, and they had seven baskets left over. 
Jesus once again took what he uh, what they had and he was able to multiply it enough to be enough with some even left over. It's this constant lesson that we find in Christ's teaching that he has given us what we need. And too many times we find ourselves saying, if I only had this, if I only had that, then I would be, then I could do what Jesus is asking of me. And what we find here is what Jesus is saying. Just do, and you will find that what I've given you is enough. What you will find is what I have given you is enough. Yes, I recognize that this can be very dangerous as well. We are called to be smart in our choices and how we act for Christ. Yes, we do need to make sure that what we're doing is what God has actually called us to do and not just what we think God has called us to do. Yes, we must recognize and live inside our own means that God has given us and trusted us with. And we also must trust what with what the Lord has provided will be enough. But also, we must recognize that there are hungry people out there, and we need to trust to go and feed those who are hungry. We must trust that if God gathers people to us, he does not do it so that we will fail. Rather, he is using it as an opportunity to trust in him and what God has given us. The disciples in this story have appeared to have missed the point once again, and this is what I was talking about earlier. No, not them about them being dum-dums though that part is true. But what I am talking about earlier is the healing. It seems that once again the disciples are spiritually deaf and not understanding what is happening in front of them. Jesus literally just fed 5,000 people, and they do not understand that he could do it again. There is this tension that even though they are walking with Jesus, they're not understanding what Jesus is doing. And this is why I said we're all dum-dums, because this has been me. How often have I walked with Christ, seen Christ do things in my life, in the life of those around me, and yet forget what Christ has done? I still don't understand. I still fail to believe. The Pharisees show up and they ask Jesus for a sign, which is a bit bit ironic. Because once again in this story that we went through this morning, the people around Jesus are already trusting and believing. And they're proclaiming signs that he is the Messiah. The Pharisees, who do not trust nor believe, do not see what is plainly in front of them. This is why Jesus says that he will offer no sign, because they would not believe it, even if it was directly in front of them. Once again, this is like my sermon on the echo chamber said did earlier in the study. The Pharisees cannot see which is in front of them, because they're so caught up in disproving Jesus that they miss the point of what Jesus came here to do. They have a plan for who Jesus is supposed to be, and since Jesus is not fitting into that mold, no sign could disprove them. An important thing to note here is the word test that they use, or the the, the Pharisees use. Uh, the author of Mark only used that word one other time, and that's when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the desert. And as we know, Jesus, when uh, Satan was tempting Jesus to abuse his power, and it seems that the author of Mark is trying to show that the Pharisees are doing the same. They're trying to tempt Jesus into displaying a sign, and Jesus is not having it. How many times do we find ourselves in the place of the Pharisees? Asking Jesus for some sort of sign, some abuse of power. How many times are we caught in trying to make Jesus appear as we want him to appear? to do the things that we want. 
How many times do we turn our God into that slot machine, pulling the lever, hoping that we win big? How many times do we fail to really see Jesus for who he is because we're looking at another Jesus? Or looking for another Jesus? A Jesus that might feel more comfortable. A white-faced Brad Pitt-looking Jesus. How many times have we looked past the Jesus that, we, that is there because we are look, too busy looking for a sign? The disciples and Jesus once again get on a boat and head across the sea. And it seems they have messed up and forgot all that bread and they only had one loaf with them. They were discussing among themselves this mistake and Jesus tells them to beware the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Yeast is often used to talk about ways, about how something small can spread quickly through something to cause it to have a change. Jesus is warning them that the words of the Pharisees and the words of Herod can poison them. The yeast in this example is their disbelief, their deafness, and their blindness of the Pharisees and Herod. Once again, it's that framework from earlier. We open up the story with Jesus healing the deaf, tongue-tied man. And Jesus is warning that the spiritual deafness is the yeast of the Pharisees and the Herod could spread among them. How the Pharisees were looking for a sign and how the disciples too are looking for a sign and missing the Jesus that is in front of them. I believe Jesus is a bit annoyed with his disciples at this point. And that's kind of why he warns them. Here, they were arguing over bread. And Jesus just have done a miracle of feeding the thousands from such a small amount. And they're arguing over that. And forgetting the, the, the remarkable act of power that Jesus literally just did before them. And the power that Jesus has. They've got caught up in their earthly things. And they have missed the spiritual things. How many times is this us, church, that we see the loaf of bread in front of us and we forget the power of Christ before us? They have become spiritually deaf to what Jesus is doing and what Jesus has done and what Jesus continues to do around them. And so Jesus reminds them. He says, hey, remember when we didn't have enough to feed 5,000, what happened? And how much was left over? You know, and what happened when we didn't have enough to feed the 4,000? What happened? And how much was left over? And now, even though you have one loaf, what do you think will happen? Why do you still don't understand? How many times have we been disciples on that boat? How many times will you let the yeast of spiritual deafness seep into our own lives? How many times have we been quick to forget what Christ has done for us and we can only see what the problem is in front of us? We see the lack of bread, the lack of resources, and we begin to let that pit in our stomach grow. We forget how Christ has multiplied in the past, how Christ has provided in the past, we instead let the problem of the now cloud our memories of the past. We become spiritually deaf, blind, and mute because we forget what Christ has done for us. And we forget that Christ is with us. When we walk through the valley, the shadow of death, we should know that it is enough that you are with me. 
so that when we don't have enough resources, we know that Christ is with us because we can remember that he has been with us in the past. When we feel spiritually lost, we know that Christ is walking with us because we know that he's been with us in the past. When we feel spiritually deaf, we know that Christ is with us because he has been with us in the past. When we feel spiritually blind, we know that Christ is with us because he has been with us in the past. I want to remind you that we just celebrated the resurrection. We also remember that Christ has ascended. And because Christ has ascended, we are to remember that now we, we the church, are called to be the body of Christ here on earth. We are the ones who are working for the kingdom. So not only do we remember that in the times of distress that Christ walks with us, but we also remember that we walk together. If we are to be the hands and feet of Christ, then we too will walk with each other in the valley of the shadow of death. So when you do not have enough resources, we know that we will walk together because Christ walks with us. When we feel spiritually lost, we know that we will be with each other because Christ is with us. When we feel spiritually deaf, we know that we will be with each other because Christ is with us. And when we are spiritually blind, we know that we will be with each other because Christ is with us. We ourselves may find ourselves surrounded by fools and dum-dums, as Jesus did. But we will also love each other. Jesus loves us, just as the fool or dum-dum that we are. Or, as I was finishing this sermon, I was reminded of the old hymn that goes, We will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news of God that is in our land. And they will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they will know that we are Christians by our love. Be blessed this week. Know that Christ walks with you and know that we, the church, walk with you as well. And also remember, remember to please wash your hands. Amen.